annual planning week. And they brought in the four of us for one of the afternoons while all the top brass were there. I mean, the guys were like you know, a couple of levels down from Larry and Sergey. It was pretty overwhelmingly wow. impressive, but so bloody humble. There was no pretension. Hey there, Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com here. I hope you enjoyed that little excerpt from a very special guest that we've got for you today. We've previously had him on the show and we've brought him back because the episode was so well received. Today, he's going to talk to us about the Google Display Network. And as you heard from that little excerpt, our guest has the ears of some very influential people in the Google sphere. Now, if you enjoy this episode, you probably will enjoy a few other episodes. I'm going to call out those numbers. Episode number 15 with Mike Rhodes, Google AdWords Success Secrets Revealed. That was a pretty good episode and gave you some really great actionable ideas around Google AdWords. Episode number 69 with Peter Moriarty, he talks about Google Apps for Work, which I have found to be a very useful tool and I definitely recommend checking it out. That's episode number 69. Episode number 57 with Lisa Myers, the founder of Verve Search on creative content mindset and how to get the best in terms of search results. Episode number 41 with Eric Enger, where we talk about mobile getting and the impacts that's having on websites and what that means in terms of your website and the fact that it needs to be mobile responsive. Episode number 38 with Rand Fishkin, the founder of Moz.com on how to create great SEO-friendly content. So I hope you find those related episodes useful. This episode is brought to you by the Productive Insights Done For You podcast launch service, which positions you and your business as a leading authority in your market and successfully turns listeners into high value customers. Book a call with me on ProductiveInsights.com forward slash podcast hyphen setup to discuss how we can get started. I'll be linking to that in the show notes. As always, I only work with a limited number of clients each month, so be sure to book in quickly if you would like to save your spot. And I'll also link to all the podcast episodes that I just mentioned. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Hi, this is Joe Polizzi with the Content Marketing Institute, and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on the Productive Insights Podcast. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Welcome, everyone. Today's guest is a Google partner and the author of the Ultimate Google AdWords fourth edition book, which was used by thousands of business owners and entrepreneurs. He's the founder of websavvy.com.au, which specializes in Google AdWords management. He's an internationally recognized speaker, a marketing specialist, a digital marketing trainer whose career spans over 25 years. He's only 25 years old, by the way. Um, <laughs> he, was named, now I feel old. <laughs> he was named one of PPC Heroes' top 25 global influencers in 2015. He's devoted father and husband. I'm delighted to welcome Mike Rhodes of websavvy.com.au. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, Ash. Damn, you've done your homework. That's, uh, that's very impressive. I will make sure to send this video to my mum. She'll finally understand what I do and be quite impressed. I think that's great. Thank you. Uh, you're most welcome and thanks for the kind words. So we spoke to Mike back in episode 15 and we talked a lot about Google AdWords then and I really enjoyed having Mike on the show. The episode was really well received and so I've asked Mike to come back and talk about Google Display Network today. So we're going to be talking about that. 
But before we actually get into that, there's something I wanted to mention. Mike, you shared something on your Facebook that was really, really impressive. So I'm a just going to... photo gonna... of my daughter. No, 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 no. No? Okay. No, it's... It That's was... the most impressive thing about my Facebook feed. So this is, this is something you said on Facebook feed. Two years ago, I was invited to a closed-dose session with some of Google's top brass to tell them what it's like being an agency and the changes we needed. One of the things I pleaded for was control over tablet bids. I was told it was never going to happen. Stop asking. Today, they listened and gave us control freaks back some control. It's a good day for AdWords. Now, mm. this is something, Mike, I mean, this is something I really respect and admire about you. You are someone who is massive on mindset. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I, I found that really inspiring. It was an epic day. Let me say that, first of all. And um Yes, they've suggested that it might happen again. And I'm like, just tell me where in the world I need to be. This first one was in Sydney, which was handy. And yeah. they invited four agencies from Australia in to, they had the, basically their, their Asia Pack annual planning week. And they brought in the four of us for one of the afternoons while all the top brass were there. I mean, the guys were like you know, a couple of levels down from Larry and Sergey. It was pretty overwhelmingly wow. impressive. But so bloody humble. There was no pretension. Yeah. It wasn't like we're sitting around some big mahogany table. We're just all sitting around a big room, much like my office. There's yeah. a, just a big circle of chairs. Everyone's just hanging out in jeans, eating bickies from halftime. And it was, it was amazing. And we just sat there and told them what it was like to be an agency and what was good and what was bad and what they need to improve. And there was a lot of nodding of heads. And mm, yeah, we've heard that before. And oh, that's a good one. And um, just telling them stories. And uh, we found it really, really useful understanding stuff, particularly the conversations I had that came out of that. With the, you know, One of the guys came up to me afterwards and went, I'm the product guy. Yeah. Like This was the guy that was in charge of AdWords and about seven other things at Google at the time. And he was like the boss of the boss of the boss of, of AdWords. Right. I'm a product guy. Can we talk about product? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that afternoon was more of a sort of strategic level. Yeah. And we ended up having these catch-ups um, every couple of months where we jump on a webinar and talk about, okay, so we're thinking about rolling this out. I'm like, no, that's a terrible idea because of this, this, and this. We need this, and there's this thing over here, and we did just, this sucks, and this bit's really good. And it was wonderful. That, that, those conversations with him, I won't name, were absolutely fantastic. So the stuff that came out of that was wonderful. But yeah, a thoroughly enjoyable day for us, and, and apparently they got quite a bit out of it as well. I hope they're very grateful to you because they told you to go away before and I love the <laughs> persistence. You just kept coming back at them and now they are coming back to you and saying, well, you know, yeah. give us some more feedback because they've now seen that it is something that needs attention. Yeah, look, and, and they do do this. Um, I think they spoke about this on the summit the other night where they talked about the tablet bin mods. You know, they, they do more so with their big, big, big advertisers, you know, the Amexes and the Pricelines of the world who are spending hundreds of millions of dollars with yeah. them. They do sort of product feedback sessions and with the huge agencies, but it was just really nice for them to bring a little old agency like us into the room and, and have the different levels. Because a couple of the guys in the room were, you know, big, big, yeah. full-service agencies doing a, a lot of above the line and really not much AdWords at all, but, right. but they are doing sort of big digital buys. So it was nice that they in, included a lot of us. Yeah. And cool. somebody else had commented on that thread, I am not in any shape or form trying to take any credit for the fact that tablet bin mods came back in. It is a really cool thing if you're an absolute yeah. AdWords geek. There were a, the entire industry jumped up and down when they took that away four years ago so right. yeah, a lot of us have been asking for that for a long time so it's uh, it's by no means my persistence that's had anything to do with it it was just a really good day to be an adwords geek 
Okay. Well, you're a very humble guy, Mike. Okay, so let's talk about Google Display Network then. All right. So why is Google Display Network so critical for business growth? Our listeners are typically professionals and entrepreneurs who own their own businesses, the professionals that are self-employed. How is this really important to them, the Google Display Network, and how can they leverage off it? All right. So it's probably really good to understand that you've got two completely different sides to Google. There's Google Search, which we're all familiar with, those little four-line ads top mm-hmm. and bottom of Google on phones, tablets, desktop, etc. And then this thing called the Google Display Network, which is very much a, if we're talking marketing geek, it's a top of funnel kind of place. So yeah. you're, it's interruption marketing. Mm-hmm. Difference between obviously digital versus anything else that's above the line, TV, radio, print, outdoor, whatever, is it's measurable. So it's, it's kind of measurable branding, but mm-hmm. I'm not a branding guy. I'm a direct response guy. Mm-hmm. So I want to know if I'm showing an ad that I want to know what the ROI on that is. I want to know that it's working and I want to know that the the vending machine that I'm building, as opposed to a slot machine, as Dean Jackson's analogy, which I love, Yeah, good marketing should be a vending machine. You put your dollar in, you press the button, and you know what's coming back out. Right. Whether that's a dollar twenty, a dollar fifty-seven, or seventeen bucks. Mm-hmm. A slot machine, you put your dollar in, you pull the handle, and you, you hope. Right. Uh, that's not what marketing should be, and I think right. a lot of above the line is that because you can't measure it. So there's a huge branding piece, you know, because you, you. So we're talking banner ads essentially. We're talking a network of two million plus sites mm-hmm. that have essentially what they've done is they've gone to Google and said. We've got all this traffic. We've got this site. All these people are coming here. We want to make a bit of money from mm-hmm. our site. Um, we've got this spot over here and a spot over here. You can show ads there. You figure it out. They don't want the hassle of dealing with 200 different advertisers mm-hmm. and um, dealing with them and you send us your ad and we'll send you a cut of the proceeds. And So Google have this thing called the AdSense program. That's what it's called on the other side of the fence. If you're a publisher, if you're a website owner, you join the AdSense program. Right. You, you essentially say, this little bit over here, Google, you can have this spot. Yep. And then when you land on my website, in that millisecond or three, it's trying to work out, what, what do we know about Ash? Well, we know right. he likes this and this. We know he's been searching for this sort of stuff recently. We know he's been to these websites recently. We've actually been reading his Gmails, and we know he likes this, this, <laughs> and this as well. And we've been watching all the stuff that he searches for and the stuff he does online. So we're going to show this ad. Right. Of the 500 advertisers that want to show you an ad right now because of the stuff you're reading, the website you're on, and because of your past behavior, yep. we're going to show this ad. This advertiser wins that little auction that they just ran in that mm-hmm. first millisecond, and we're going to put this ad on the page. At this point, it's all free branding. Okay. For that company, whoever it was, whoever won that auction, be that the tiny little lawyer in Bendigo or Amazon or Amex or any kind of business you can imagine – one of those advertisers are running ads across the GDN, Google Display Network, mm-hmm. just got to show you an ad for free. Okay. And maybe one in 500 people click, and then you pay. So right. you, as the advertiser, then pay a little bit of money to Google, and mm-hmm. Google essentially splits that cash, depending on various things, with the owner of the website. So until the click happens, it's just free publicity. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that, that person is getting free branding. Okay. Yep. That's, that's essentially, in a nutshell how the whole thing works. Now, what makes it different to say something like Facebook, Facebook is pretty much all about interest targeting. So based on, and a lot of demographic targeting, and to be quite honest, Facebook better at a lot of that stuff than Google is. Hmm. They've, they've leaped, frogged over Google there because we tell Facebook a lot of stuff about ourselves. Hmm. 
Whereas Google, a lot of the time, has to guess. Great point. Yep. So Google's looking at the websites I'm looking at and deciding, okay, I'm a 40 to 50-year-old guy in Melbourne based on all of this. And sometimes it gets that wrong. Whereas when you log into Facebook the first time, you tell it your birthday. You tell it your gender, all this first-party data. So one of the big differences, though, is that with Facebook, particularly with small audience targeting, like if you're in a small town, you're showing the same ads to the same people over and over again. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the huge benefits with the display network is it's, it's a sort of ever-changing field of people that are seeing those ads. That's a right. big, big difference. It's been described to me when I was starting out as Facebook is the, if you imagine people sitting in a cinema, there's an ad on the wall at the front of the cinema next to the screen because they're really here to watch the movie, but there's mm-hmm. an ad on the wall next to it. And it's mm-hmm. the this, this same thousand people seeing that ad. Right. Whereas Google is the billboard at the side of the freeway with a different 50,000 people driving past it every day. Great analogy. Excellent analogy. There's another difference between Facebook and Google, isn't it? When, when I go to Facebook, I go there to hang out generally. I'm not yeah. going there to find a solution to my problem. But when I go to Google, I'm typically going there to look for a solution. So my intent is different. That's certainly true of Google search. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. If you're searching for a particular keyword or phrase, you are looking for as my mate Perry Marshall puts it, a scratch for your itch. Right. Uh, you're looking yeah. to get that thing solved. Now, display is interruption marketing. You are oh, on yes, a blog right, right. or a forum or a news site or whatever it might be. Mm. Probably, now there's many different ways that we can target these ads, but probably reading content about the thing. I was just chatting to a gentleman this morning who's got a turmeric business. Mm-hmm. So I could then go out, and there's many different ways I could do this, but I could target people reading content about turmeric or about liposoly thing, whatever that big long yep. thing is, or Rhonda Patrick, because I was mm-hmm. listening to her t- podcast the other day with uh, Tim Ferriss talking about turmeric. Mm. And I can go tell Google, this is the stuff I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. You know where it is. I don't know where it is. There are billions of pages across the Google Display Network. You know where those little blogs and forums and YouTube videos and even app views are of people that are reading stuff about turmeric right now Hmm. is my ad go show my ad to those people Mm -hmm. so they are it's much more around the the content and the context of what people are viewing as they're browsing around the web and putting the right ad next to the right person at the right time which Mm -hmm. the assumption underlying all of that obviously is if they're reading content about turmeric then they might be interested, some of them will be interested in a turmeric product. And so you're putting your ad next to that with a call to action there and some reason why they're going to click your ad. You don't pay anything for the 499 people that ignore that, but that one in 500, come on in, only pay when they click. And obviously the the huge part of that measurability is you get to improve it over time. Mm. That's that's obviously what all the guys sitting here in my office are, are, are doing, Yeah running accounts and optimizing and improving essentially profit optimization really is what Mm. we do which comes back to the a b testing thing that you talked about when we last spoke you know you talked Mm. about a large part of being a successful advertiser on google or having success with google ads is about understanding you know trying a b tests and understanding what works and what doesn't any advertiser it's the same for facebook and really it should be the same for the offline world it's just that they can't measure so they don't get that Mm. instant feedback that we do of this ad versus this ad i mean we've we've used gdn ads banner ads to choose the billboard the actual billboard by the side of the road that an insurance business in adelaide should use Mm. because rather than let the graphic designer 
or the hippo, you know, the hippo, right? The highest paid person's opinion. Right. Typically the hippo will choose. Graphic designer comes along, I've got these three ideas for these uh, for the billboard. They're really cool. But this one I've kind of gone on this theme and this one I've gone over here and this and the hippo will pick one. Yeah. With no measurement, no understanding of yep. is this the one that our prospects prefer. But if I can show ten completely different banner ads across a whole bunch of websites, you know, targeted to that same market, we know it. This is the this is their prospect. You know, we know the avatar of the person that buys their their product. We're showing these ads to that person, and I run ten completely different ads. Two or three of them are going to get a lot more clicks than the rest. Right. And generally, one or two of them is going to be a pretty clear winner. Now, we might need to sort of iterate on that again if we really, really want to, but we've got data there. We've got mm. data that says one in a 1,000 people clicked on this one, one in 200 clicked on this one. Let's use that. Yeah. Let's, take, <laughs> let's take that one and let's turn that into the billboard because that is in some way that's speaking to your market, that this is something that they're finding interesting, that, that, that is appealing to them. Let's go with that. So, you know, you can run a little test like that in – couple of weeks, spend mm. 500 to 1000 bucks, and know with some certainty which of these many different ideas is most appealing to your market. Now, that can change everything, not just mm. the billboard. That can change the content that you put on your website. That could change the Facebook ads that you go and run. That could change what you write on the back of the business card or the side of the van or what's on the point of sale material next to the till. You know, you could use that insights in so many different ways. So, yeah, mm. testing I think just testing and marketing these days is testing. Yeah. Testing your offer, testing your creative, testing the look, testing the ad. Everything should be tested. I can't remember who said this, but uh, you know, sending traffic to, I think he was talking about landing pages at the time, but sending traffic to a landing page that isn't being tested is a crime against humanity. <laughs> Avanash, Avanash Kaushink. Oh, yes, yes. Digital uh, evangelist. Yes, yes, I've heard uh, that name Very before. funny man. And, oh, if you ever get a chance to see him speak, by the way, yeah, go see him speak. He's epic. Yeah, I I would love to. He's someone I want to actually have on the podcast someday. Mm. But yeah, he's a very good thought leader, actually. Very passionate man. Speaking of um, watching people speak, I actually watched Mark Burris speak at an event yesterday. Oh, yeah. And uh, something that was very interesting that came up was he talked about six principles of success, and one of them was understanding your business's purpose. And I thought that was very interesting. He, tells, he told this funny story about how he had Kerry Packer investing in Wizard Home Loans, and apparently Kerry was looking at investing, and he said to him, okay, so this is my due diligence, Mark. What is the purpose of your business? And there was all these documents with Wizard Home Loans written all over the place. So Boris didn't know how to respond to that. And then before he could answer, Kerry Packer goes, and don't say effing home loans. <laughs> so the point of the the message he was trying to convey was that home loans is just a tool through which Mark Boris delivers, you know, a dream that people are aspiring to, having owning their own home and having a family and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So I thought that was quite an interesting story. Mm. But that was that we just got distracted. Uh, something I just wanted to say about this testing thing, especially for the listeners, is the importance of recognizing that what we think is going to make a difference to an ad isn't mm. necessarily what the audience thinks. And you actually talked about this in our last interview. You talked about Alex Mandosian, who talked about the difference that the letter S can make. And mm -hmm. you talked about make your kid smarter versus makes your kid smarter. And the first one 
implies that the person has to take an action to make their kid smarter versus the second one with the S makes your kid smarter implies that the product will do it for you. So there's really little things about ads that could make a massive difference. And and the point is you're not going to know until you test. So just to reinforce your point about, you know, not testing is a crime against humanity or Avinash's point. I think that's a great one. You mentioned Jen Sheehan, our, our wonderful mutual friend who does sure, a lot yeah. of Facebook ads and so on just before the call. And she's obviously doing some stuff with people that she can't name who live in a big white house in America. <laughs> yes. I was reading some commentary from the guys that worked on the person that lives in that big white house in America. They worked <laughs> on his last campaign. And yeah, they would send out 36 emails every time they send a single email. The split test headline, split test body, everything. And the single thing that came out of the people that ran that last presidential digital campaign the one big thing the one big takeaway we couldn't trust our gut right right we, you have to test and you can't let your own assumptions get in the way of because you're not selling to yourself you, you know you might be part of your target market you might be very similar to them but you cannot let those assumptions ride you have to test them and in a world where we can test them and you can have that instant feedback of what works what doesn't our job is profit optimization, which means stop spending money on the stuff that isn't working and funnel it into the stuff that is working, constantly looking for those outliers, less of this, more of that, less of this, more of that. Yeah, a funny story about Jen, actually, I had the honor of sharing the stage with her at the last Superfast Business Life event. And as a favor to me, she's sort of doing this beta test lead ads on my business. And she disappeared for a week and I couldn't, I don't know what was going on. It's not like her, right? And then she comes back after a week and she goes, I'm really sorry, but I got called into a, what did you call it? <laughs> the, the big house with a white roof. That's it. Mm, yeah. I got called into a big house with a white roof. And so... um I was like, oh, that's the best excuse I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's pretty good at what she does. Uh, she's like pretty awesome, yeah. Okay, so uh, we've talked a little bit about the key differences between Google and Facebook. You just touched on that. Mm. I know that with Facebook, as you said, they understand their audience's likes and dislikes a lot better perhaps than Google because there's so much personal information we put on Facebook, mm. whereas Google, it's just far more transactional. But... I really like that analogy where you talked about, you know, Google being the highway on which there is like the odd billboard versus Facebook. I can't remember the rest of the analogy actually, but that's right. Next to the screen in the cinema, yeah, yeah, next to the screen in the cinema. But could you could you build on that a little bit just to draw that out a bit for our listeners? Well, so I mean, the main thing is that that they both have interest targeting. Facebook's very good at that. Google have this thing called in market audiences, and what in market is is there's about 500-odd categories there, and it's essentially people that are in the market for this particular thing right now, whether that be a microwave or a fridge or um, SEO or SEM services. or um, you know, There's a stack of different things there, business services, payroll services. Google is looking at everything that we do, particularly if you're an Android user or you use Chrome, then Google know even more about you. But obviously, that's where we go to search, right? So they know what we're looking for. They know what those itches are that we want to scratch. Mm-hmm. They look at how we behave on websites. I have no information to back this up, but analytics is on about 55% of the entire web. So Google wow. gets to know a lot of stuff. And if you use Gmail, yes, they are reading your Gmails to understand you better. Now, the reason that they do that is not some tin foil hat theory thing. They look at advertising as 
a good ad should be information. It shouldn't be an annoyance. It should mm-hmm. actually help someone. And yeah, the analogy I always use with that every time is if I never saw a, an ad for an HP laptop ever again in my life, I'd be a happy man. You know, I am, I am Apple fanboy. Yeah. Second only to Ed Dale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> big Apple fanboy. Everything's Apple here. So showing me an ad for the latest Apple product based on my past history and behavior makes sense for me. Yes. Someone that would only buy a $300 Chromebook, they don't want to see the ad for the $2,000 Apple thing, what's it? Yeah. You know, and the $165 pencil that they just made me buy. You know, yes. um, ridiculous. <laughs> I just bought that too, yeah. Yeah. So it's about showing the right ad to the right person and the targeting for both platforms. Don't get me wrong, I've got nothing against Facebook. It's a wonderful yeah. tool, but targeting for both is incredibly powerful and they both buy third-party data from mm. you know all of the data mining guys that look at credit card receipts and all of that stuff they both know an enormous amount of both of us as a marketer now some people get very freaked out by that mm. privacy's gone privacy's dead <laughs> exactly. Privacy doesn't exist anymore so <laughs> we may as well just accept that other than, totally. unless you're going to go live in a cave in the middle of new zealand somewhere That's and just it. completely off the grid it's just a way of life how do we how do we reframe that so it's exciting and so that it's actually of benefit to us mm. so that's you know what we try and do for our clients obviously is to not annoy people with their ads but to show the right ad to the right person to make it more and more profitable so yeah. that they can buy a customer which is essentially what we're all trying to do mm. for not actually not for less money but to be able to optimize the business to be able to spend more to mm. buy a customer that's a dan kennedy line the, right. the the winner is not the person that can buy the leads cheaper and cheaper. Hmm. The winner is the business that can afford to spend the most to buy that customer. Because if I can afford to spend 10 bucks and you can only afford to spend $4 hmm. to acquire that, that opt-in or that lead, hmm. I can show my traffic in so many hmm. more places than you get to do. That's an interesting perspective, right? And that so, comes back to how profitable your business is, right? The more profit you hmm. make per customer, the more you can afford to pay for a customer. Just coming back yes. to your earlier point about Google not wanting to, you know, just put ads in people's faces where they're not relevant. Mm. I, I really love how Eric Enger, I don't know if it was Eric Enger or Rand Fishkin, but they both wrote this book called The Art of SEO. And I've had them both as guests on the show. And Eric, I think it was Eric who said, you know, people go to Google to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And Google wants to make that experience as easy as possible. It's as simple as that. So if they are going to be presenting ads that are not relevant, it's going to detract from Google's objective or their mission. And Mm -hmm. it absolutely is in their best interest to make that whole experience, the discovery or the search, either or, you know, to be as fluent and as uh, frictionless as possible. Easy and relevant, right? There's only two rules. There you go. That's it. Easy and relevant. Yep. I love how you put that. Make it easy, make it relevant. But yeah. But a bit, if, if ads were annoying, Google wouldn't be making $15 billion a quarter. <laughs> yeah, you know, some of the things they do, like, you know, don't get 